1: On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Tuesday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort. You're looking at me funny. Is the, Are we okay? I just would like to apologize to all of you uh, whose speakers
3: were blasted. That is that is my fault. I had Richard's volume up like he is in the studio, and he's not, and therefore, if you blew your speakers... Actually, wait, no, wait hold on. Uh, we've got a council here.
4: Send uh, the bill to Michael no Borky.
3: No, I admitted no fault. That was... Uh, n- nope, I didn't do anything. But, yeah, I'm,
2: I'm sorry, guys. That was my bad and i didn't even like go big radio voice for no, you or anything it was no, just a was very a, matter of fact hey here we are it was 100% uh, we, my fault we are as always coming to you from the pearl river resort studios pearl river resort is the home of the uh, sports book at the golden moon casino you can be a part of the conversation on the seaspire text line as always we would love to hear from you the number is 601-879-4395 again 601 601- 879 4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Seaspire Business, backed by world class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in Seaspire country. Um, you guys know how much we enjoy the start of college baseball season and how we count down to it and we look forward to it. And then we get to opening day, and despite all of my um, Pollyanna. High in the sky wishes of every year having 70 and sunny on opening day. We, we rarely actually get that. April yes. 11th might not be a bad time for opening day. As I look out behind me and see blue skies, uh, no clouds, green grass, warm temperatures, short sleeves, it's good all the way around. And maybe we need to rethink the start date for the college baseball season, although I realize I am kind of opening Pandora's box by even saying that. But... I know that Major League Baseball is is part of the reason for
3: this and the summer leagues and all that. There's like a whole economy wrapped up in college baseball ending when it ends. But There was, they, but they moved the draft. They moved the draft. Uh, but some of these you know, uh, low A and high A minor league teams need these guys to come in and play for them, I guess. But um, if you want college baseball to be a national sport, you'll start the season at least a month later. If you want it to be a national sport,
2: I think there's something to that. And like I said, I was just I'm really enjoying right. the sunshine and the warmer temperatures today. And I thought, hey, it wouldn't be bad if we get the entire baseball season uh, like this. I, I know that's probably not practical. Um, I don't know, but maybe pushing it back a month is not the uh, not the worst idea. But we'll figure it out, and uh, we'll just dress warm in uh, in mid February. From mid-February until early April, and then uh, we'll enjoy the last couple of months of the college baseball season. And here's hoping we've got some time to enjoy it, right? That uh, we can get some teams playing a little bit better. Southern Miss, we talked about yesterday. You guys visited with Scott Berry, a a great weekend series win for them. And uh, they're going to be tested tonight. Southern Miss on the road against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Mississippi State also... In the state of Alabama, they're taking on UAB on the road in Birmingham tonight, Ole Miss at home. They play Memphis tonight in Alcorn State tomorrow morning, I think. I think tomorrow's the school day game. Maybe I made that up, but I think that's right. So a couple of midweek games for the uh, for the Rebels. Two and a, and a half of hours ball.
3: of screaming. That's great. Uh, for, for those that like are at the game <coughs> that, that are able to go to those Tuesday or, or Wednesday Kids' Day games... Mm-hmm. Which more power to you, by the way. If you can just not work and go to a baseball game at eleven on a Wednesday, like I, I, I'm jealous, envious of you for sure. But the constant white noise of screaming—I don't know how you guys do it. Like I bet Mike will be there. I, I don't know how he sits through that. I mean, I love kids. Don't get me wrong. I've got one, but the two and a half hours of screaming is—it's intense.
2: It's fun though. It's uh, it's a good environment on a day where otherwise you would be playing at 6:30 and you'd have what, 2,500 or so folks uh, in the stands, and, and instead it, you have 7,000 school-age yeah. kids that show up, and uh, it, it just turns into white noise, though, at it, some point.
3: And every pop fly, they lose it. Every, every ball in the air. It's so funny, like a routine, just very short fly ball to center field,
2: <laughs> like Game 7 of the World Series. <laughs> It's good stuff. It's uh, it's it's great stuff, actually.
4: Got him, start them young if you want him to come back to the ballpark.
2: C Spire text line. Hey, Richard decided to work today. Kind yeah. of. I mean, it's think nice about what setting. I do for a living. It's not like it's work, work, and yeah, I'm, I'm hanging out yeah. at the ballpark for the next three hours. And then another three hours after that, so it's uh, it's not all. Bad. I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a setup at Diddy
4: Noble for one of these games. Just uh, not that I'm doing anything there. I just want to have that setup that you have I just ballpark behind me.
3: I'm just glad you're not one of those people that tweets a picture of the field and says of you from the office.
4: I do that every now and
3: then. I, you will get that every now yeah, and then. For with me. that exact phrase, of you from the office, or just hey, like
4: I, I I'll, I'll add I'll add some color to it, but yet yeah, like. Like last year for uh, the first football game, I was like, you know, great view from the office today. Yes, oh, that's I, I, so I, I will be that guy. That. I, I don't mind the being. I'm, I can be a little cheesy. Every like now and I
3: respect. Right? I like the uh, when they'll take a picture of the stadium and say like big game coming up or Mississippi State versus Tulane coming up at three. Like that's fine. It's the view from the yeah. office. Like
2: that's not Add your something office. To Nobody's it, impressed. Yeah. yeah. I'm probably guilty of doing that. My office is where I go. You guys know that I tweet so... office is where we go. Yeah. I I tweet so infrequently. It's not like you're going to get that for every game. Uh, Anyway. Um, We've got a fun college football fix coming up uh, a couple of hours from now when we start the 5 o'clock hour. Um, It's not labeled as part two, but in some ways, to me, it's the less headline-grabbing part two of Alex Scarborough's interview with uh, with Lane Kiffin from a uh, from a couple of weeks ago we we got the the first part of the story where there was some inflammatory that's not right it's not not inflammatory is not the way to describe it but there were headline grabbing quotes that were part of the first story this one's got a little more meat to it it's uh, a little more human interest it's a little more background but there are also some quotes in there that, Borky, we're going to discuss. We're going to kind of take one by one as we uh, we go through the show this afternoon. Or not, uh, as, once we get to the college football fix. And there's there's some meat on the bone yeah. in uh, in some of these quotes.
3: Well, one of them is, is laughable, if uh, if we're being honest. But th- there's a couple of insightful things in there about the, the current state of college football and how, I, I mean, you know, I had a friend text me, actually, that, that said, why did he say that about Ole Miss, talking about how he compared his program to Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, and said, we're not them, so we can't operate that way, was essentially what his quote said, speaking for him. And I said, he only told you the truth, man. I mean, if that, if your football coach saying that's going to bother you, well, you need to thicken your skin up a little bit. Uh, that, that quote was spot on about how... He needs to, and coaches at a school like an Old Miss need to operate differently than Alabama because if you try to be Alabama, they're going to beat you. And so that, that was uh, some stuff in there I, I thought was a little goofy, but that I thought was really spot on how you have to approach this landscape at a place like Old Miss because you're not Alabama, and that's okay.
2: Pretending like you are is going to get you beat. Let me go inside baseball just for a second. Several of you have texted on the C-SPIRE text line. We've got a little bit of an echo. I'll just tell you exactly what it's coming from, and I'll fix it during the break, but I can't fix it until we get to the break. So for our video feed today, I've got the iPad set up, and there's no way to completely mute the volume on the iPad. You can take it down all the way to the bottom level, but I can't figure out how to completely mute it unless you guys have an answer to that. Do Do you?
3: Um, I, I don't know. I do not, no.
2: Okay. Well, I'll, uh, Which, I'll switch over to a computer you know, during the break. Sorry Tim about Cook,
3: that. Hey, help me out, buddy. Why can't you fully mute an iPad? Why, why is that a thing you can't do? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, people, like, use those uh, on airplanes or in an office or at a quiet place. Or maybe they just don't want people around them to hear what they're doing. I don't know. It just seems like one more notch would be...
2: You know, a nice little feature. So, so that you can use it without actually having earbuds or earphones yes. in. You could just yeah, quietly would... use your iPad. Yes, yeah, so my apologies. Thank you to Keith and Hunter and Hammy and Dave and Chris and a couple of other people who sent us the message <laughs> as well. We uh, we appreciate it very <laughs> oh, much. Oh, Mike,
5: Mike. Mike and Madison.
2: Jerk. Yeah, can, can Richard just turn his we... microphone off altogether? I'd be more there than you happy go. to. More than happy to. He's already already
4: used up his, his PTO for this week.
2: Yeah. Thanks for being with us on Sports Talk Mississippi. Just getting started on this Tuesday afternoon. Huge day of baseball in the SEC. We'll look at the tire slate when we come back with you. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio.
1: Of sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk, Mississippi.
5: One, two, get down. calls to be the boss. calls to be
2: the boss. All right, I think we're better be now. We got it fixed. All good? I buddy, hear no echo. Buddy, we're cooking.
4: No, I can still hear you. Gee. <laughs>
3: <Jeez.
5: sighs>
2: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, be sure to tip your waiters and waitresses. He'll be here all week.
5: There it's we like go. Mark Norman.
2: You guys ever heard of Mark Norman? Huh? I mean, uh, oh. have I ever heard of anybody that you reference randomly? So check him out on YouTube. Uh, not in front of your
3: kids. He's he's vulgar. He is a hysterical stand-up comedian, uh, really, like, taking off. He's from New Orleans. Anyway, he signs off every show by saying, I'm Kevin Hart. you will have a good night. That's what he tells the audience. That's what he tells them his name is before he, he's done with his set. Huh. I'm Kevin Hart. Thanks for coming out.
2: It's uh, pretty good stuff. Kevin Hart has made a lot of money. Yeah, he has. And apparently he's done it because he owns everything. Like, his company does all of his bookings. He doesn't have to get guarantees from venues, you know, for certain ticket amounts. Like, if you want him, his company runs the show, and they collect on everything. So, I mean, I guess it's a, a good way to do it if you are uh, able to do so. Let's talk about this slate of games. So we have reached the point of the season where there are a lot of people that are playing good midweek games. You know, they're kind of scattered throughout the course of the year, but um, this is a particularly good one. Auburn and Georgia Tech. You can watch that one tonight on the ACC network. Florida State and Florida. I think that one is available on the SEC network. Eastern Kentucky's at Tennessee. Clemson is at Georgia tonight. North Alabama at Vanderbilt. UTSA at Texas A&M, that's a sneaky good midweek game. LSU is in New Orleans to take on Tulane. Southern Miss goes to Tuscaloosa to take on Alabama. USC Upstate is at South Carolina. I assume that that's a game that South Carolina should win handily. I i don't think Borky-USC Upstate is one of those no. like sneaky good South Carolina baseball programs. No, it's a very, very, very small program. They
3: did beat South Carolina a few years ago, and it, it caused... A meltdown for Gamecock. I mean, a meltdown from them.
2: So, Mississippi State in Birmingham tonight to take on UAB. Missouri is at Missouri State. Memphis in Oxford, as we mentioned a second ago, to uh, take on Ole Miss. Got Little Rock at Arkansas. And the Kentucky-Louisville game has been postponed. That one was supposed to be played in Louisville tonight. That has been postponed um in light of the, uh, the the tragedy in Louisville yesterday with the uh, the shooting in the bank, so and and so with good reason they have postponed. That is very much a grieving community right now, in uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. So as a whole, that's a really good slate of games on a random Tuesday night in early April. Really good. Yeah. What stands out? Yeah, you got
4: some. <sighs> You know, just from a just from a in state perspective, we'll start there, you know, two teams they can't afford to slip up. You know, <clears throat> I mean, especially Ole Miss. Ole Miss need <laughs> Ole Miss just needs some positivity, right? They need to go they need to really beat Memphis up tonight if they
2: can do it. Just to get be, just be, just to get less. it to happen. Last Tuesday night, seven to two, almost Miss beat Memphis. So
3: and
4: played well. He yeah, put which, a one in front of that seven tonight. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. you want
3: to ask. But but last week it, it's odd, right? They they played well in midweek games. You can't really take anything away from, but they were clean. And then they go into the Arkansas weekend and just mental mistakes and stuff. That's just as important tonight. Again, the same thing as last week. Don't just win because you're supposed to beat Memphis. You can talent your way to a win over Memphis and still play poorly, at least generally speaking. But if they've got another couple errors and a guy gets thrown out again on the base pass and the bottom of your order goes 0 for 15 or whatever tonight, you just that that kind of stuff needs to be better if they're going to start turning it around because that has to
2: happen, like, last week. Yeah. You're right. And it's kind of what Mike uh, Bianco spoke to yesterday as well, right, in, in terms of playing well. and I, I'm not sure that I asked the question right when I used the trying to plug a hole in the dam analogy, but I think the point that I was trying to make in the question that I was asking, and he ultimately answered it, just maybe didn't get what I was saying, is you know, the idea that you know you, you got a hole in the dam and you put some bubble gum over it to cover the hole but then another hole springs up over here, and you go and repair that one, and then you get another leak in another place, and it's like you're just constantly trying to plug holes where you get this little spigot of water coming out, and if it all comes out at the same time, then the dam could come crashing down, and it's a disaster. And that's kind of what it's been for Ole Miss, right? I mean, starting pitching, struggling. Well, kind of fix that hole a little bit. You've gotten better starting pitching. Well, but the offense isn't performing. Well, okay, now they're swinging the bats a little bit better. And then relief pitching jumps up and bites you. And then okay, you get that one figured out, and now you have mental mistakes on the base paths. And then you kind of shore that up a little bit. And then doggone it, if you don't kick three balls and have you know three errors that lead to five earned runs in a game. And I'm just making those numbers up, but it's kind of the point that I was making. And that's really what it's been for Ole Miss. You you look at the ingredients that make up the the full recipe. For, for Ole Miss baseball, and you're like, I mean, they're not great on the mound, but they're good enough. They're not great in the bullpen, but if maybe one more guy can step up, then they can kind of, they can kind of slow a rally or, or get you know nine outs at the end of the game after a starter finishes up. They haven't been great defensively in the SEC, but they also spent the first three weeks of the season making like one error, so you know there's capability there. It's a good offense that that's got power hitters in it and you got two guys at the bottom of the order that are giving you nothing in McCants and Schotney but you've seen them perform and you know that they're capable even on the biggest of stages and like base running mistakes and bonehead plays you you can but it's like can you fix all of that and bring it all together to play your best at the same time, where you're getting good starting pitching, you're getting good relief effort, you're swinging the bats well, you're playing good defense, and you're completely engaged mentally and not making bonehead mistakes. Maybe that's a lot to ask. That's but a lot it, to
4: ask. feels like a, a tall order, but...
2: It, yeah, it, it does, but it also doesn't feel impossible, again, because you, you've seen all of those areas work well at times. Just maybe not all of them be in sync at the exact same time. But, here's the flip side. If the season's going to be turned around, like if you're going to salvage the 2023 baseball season, and I don't mean go win a national championship, you know, somewhere north of just getting into Hoover and south of being a regional host, which I think that means getting in the tournament one way or the other, if you're going to salvage this season... You may not have to fix all of those things at the exact same time, but you better fix a majority of them at the same time. And maybe, and I think this is what Mike Bianco was alluding to yesterday. Okay, you're going to miss a ball sometimes. You're going to strike out sometimes. You're going to give up something out of the bullpen, but you don't need all three of those things to happen in the exact same inning where it turns into a six spot for the opponent, and then you've dug a hole that you can't get out of, like on a in a, in a single game. I think that makes sense. It does yeah. Mississippi then, State's you know, kind of been in the same boat on that, though? Hey, Dad.
5: Yeah,
4: they've had the hitting that, you, 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 they, all season long. They've they've had the hitting for the most part, but the pitching and the defense has eluded them for the most part this year. So when we talked to Lamonis yesterday, you know, Stinnett on the mound tonight, they wanted you know, he only got an inning last week. They wanted to, they wanted to throw a bunch of guys. That was a game. I think I think going into that game. Chris Lemonis knew he was probably going to get a run rule game, and he only had seven innings to play with. So he said he wants Stinnett to, Stinnett to get more innings tonight. So we'll see how how deep in the game he's able to go. Uh, but you know, State just needs to keep keep the momentum rolling from what they had last week, and, and you know, don't don't give any ground uh, to to UAB tonight because you don't want to you don't want to come back and look at it and go, well, heck, what we had we gave away.
2: Yeah. You make of this message on the uh, on the ceasefire text line. There's a good chance that state breaks the attendance record this weekend. There could be eighteen to twenty thousand on Saturday.
4: Not, not possible. Not possible to get that many in. Yet. I think they're talking about with this concert, and I, I I think that they're selling tickets to this concert beyond what the seating capacity is of the baseball. I think they're gonna let people on the field. Now I could be wrong mm-hmm. about that because that would be sort of weird to do that with another game to play. But that stadium doesn't. You can't fit twenty thousand people in there. Now, could there be more than fifteen, five, eight, six? I think that's what the number is, possibly. But I don't see how you get twenty thousand people into that stadium and and still be able to walk.
2: Yeah, that that probably becomes a uh, a fairly uncomfortable. the The only thing that you get out of let's just say eighteen thousand people in Duty Noble is the ability to say that you had 18,000 people in Duty Noble. Because outside yeah, of the people... You'd be miserable in there. Yeah, I mean, outside of the people that have a seat or standing on the front row of the drink rail or have like a dedicated spot in the outfield, you're miserable. Because mm-hmm. you can't see anything and you can't yeah. move if you're just trying to kind of do the standing room thing. So that, uh, that would be tough. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at SuperTalk.fm and SuperTalk TV. Luke Johnson will join us on the Farm Bureau guest line coming up next.
1: Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your favorite teams like no one else. On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us. Want to be part of the conversation? You can join us on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. Luke Johnson joins us right now on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Luke, I had a cool interaction yesterday. I was at the, uh, the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame uh, golf tournament in Jackson at Annandale, which was a really cool event, and I got to meet Hill Denson. That was the first time that I had, uh, had ever met him, and uh, he was uh, he was super, just absolutely super.
6: His uh, his birthday is on April Fool's Day, and if you're around him for a little while, you'll you'll see that matches him pretty perfectly. He's a legend, and uh, I'm glad you got to have that interaction. Love coaching, coach.
2: Yeah, he was um, he was he was great driving a beverage cart. Hey, Dad, you would have you would have hung out with him beautifully yesterday.
5: Just, <laughs> just saying.
2: Uh, so yeah, a lot of a lot of fun there. Uh, some fun for the Golden Eagles this past weekend. We talked last week. I guess it was. Wednesday or Thursday, Luke, when we last visited, maybe eh, whatever it was, doesn't matter, about the importance of this past weekend series. Going to Old Dominion, who was, at the time, tied for first place in the Sun Belt at 7-2. and two. Golden Eagles go up there. It was a, a busy week, quick turnaround, travel involved, weather didn't cooperate that much, some tough conditions, and Southern Miss gets two out of three. Man, that was a good weekend for Scott Berry and the Golden Eagles.
6: It really was. Uh, they, they faced on Thursday Lake Morgan, who shut them down last year, and uh, they, they did enough to win. Tanner Hall is, is being Tanner Hall. I mean, just yeah. got named uh, Pitcher of the Week. Phenomenal. Uh, came back on, on Saturday, or on, on uh, Saturday, game one, because Friday got rained out and got behind early, scrapped, and ended up losing that one by one, uh, and then really just pounded the baseball. Um, in in game, uh, in game two of the doubleheader. Billy Oldham looked good gotten got into trouble late, but you know, Golden Eagles did in this series what they really haven't done so far this year. They got a bunch of multi-base hits. Ten of the 20 runs that they got uh, were with two outs, um, which is, you know, of uh, the RBI. They scored more than 20. But were with two outs. They hit the ball. The guys on base, they hit the ball in clutch situations. And, I mean, it never got above 50 degrees on Saturday. It was raining the whole time. Um, it was sloppy conditions, but I mean, they battled not only the weather, but that's, that's really impressive. It was a great RPI win, uh, for the series. I don't know if, if you've seen this yet. Southern Miss is the only team in the country, uh, right now that has, that does not have an opponent under 150 RPI, uh, on their, uh, on their schedule. So when you go to their RPI, they have zero quad wins, losses, anything because their, their schedule's been really, really good, top notch so far.
2: Yeah, that, that's fantastic. And he's going to pay dividends. And, I mean, the, you know, we've talked a lot about roadmap to the postseason for Mississippi State and for Ole Miss, right, Be, because of the hole that they have dug for themselves and the fact that the margin for error is really small. Southern Miss has got way more margin for error, and it's because of exactly what you just talked about, right? They've played a good schedule. It's not one of those years where there's a bad loss or a couple of bad losses mixed in, and there's nobody on the schedule – to really pull that RPI down, even as they just continue to play through the conference slate. So in terms of the roadmap, it's just play good baseball, right? It is,
6: and I think Southern Miss fans are having to adjust to, especially on the road. I mean, a series win in the Sun Belt is quality now. And where, you know, only used to having maybe four teams in the top 100, Um, the Sun Belt's been hovering around eight or nine, now they've got seven. Um, but I mean, you look down the stretch, believe it or not, like, like Tulane is going to be one of those teams that you don't want to lose to because that might be an RPI, you know, killer. They got them twice on the series, on the schedule. But I mean, next week you got coastal, James Madison's in the, in the top 150. And then, you know, you'll close out the season, uh, with, with Lafayette. So it, it's a different mindset, uh, part of being in a, what we all think is a better baseball conference. Series wins are the way to go. You just keep racking up yeah. victories. And again, you know, tonight, A great opportunity against a a, a top twenty five RPI team in Alabama.
2: I don't have the schedule pulled up in front of me and I don't remember. Is the Coastal Carolina series on the road or is that in Hattiesburg? It's in Conway. Okay. So so got ahead to the beach Conway South Carolina and you know by the time you get there you're talking about next to last weekend of April it might be good and thick and sticky but I don't know that uh, after what they dealt with last weekend, anybody's going to complain about some uh, some warm weather down the stretch for for baseball so this game tonight against Alabama falls into the category you were talking about just a second ago right it's a it's an RPI opportunity It's a pretty good Alabama baseball team, but not a great Alabama baseball team. And this has been a regular thing, right, with Southern Miss playing Alabama for a midweek game for the last, I don't know how long they've been doing this. It feels like a bunch of years in a row, though, that Alabama's been on the schedule as a a midweek opponent.
6: Yeah, the last two especially. uh, Southern Miss won the last two, uh, but it's just one-run games. But, yeah, this should be, I think, the 19th meeting between these two teams, uh, Eagles are four and five all, overall in Tuscaloosa. Uh, they lead the series overall eleven to seven. But it's going to be a little interesting. Um, I, don't, I don't think it. Uh, I don't think Coach Barry may have mentioned it with you guys yesterday. He may have. But he, he talked about it with us. What they're going to do with the pitching? They're going to start true freshmen, J.B. Middleton tonight. They started Will Armistead last week, and he gave four shutout innings in the midweek. But but Matt Adams is going to be out this weekend Had a shoulder issue. Maybe out an extended period. So I don't know if they're going to move Armistead to the weekend as they move Billy Oldham. So uh, he's not pitching tonight. Middleton will start the game. And you look at his ERA, he's got the stuff. Um, he's just given up, uh, you know, as a freshman, will just leave some pitches across the plate, give up some big hits. Uh, they're really looking at him to, to develop a third pitch, which would be a change-up. And he's going to be a phenom in the, in the future when he does that. So I, I expect it to be Middleton early on, and then they'll probably whole staff it. That's what they've done the last two years against Alabama. I think Alabama's countering with a, a graduate righty. And uh, Slade Wilkes also, the big story tonight, Slade Wilkes is questionable for this game. Hmm. Guys, he's batting. His OPS right now is over 1,200 um, this year. Um, and, of course, you know, all the power numbers with Slade. He got hit on the hand, no broken bones, but but he's questionable for tonight. But against the righty, you know, that DH will either be manned uh, by, by Ewing or or a Tate Parker we might even see Rodrigo Montenegro play catcher tonight.
2: All right, so I want to go back to the Matt Adams thing just for a second. Is that season ending? Do we know the severity of the of the injury, one? And then, two, where does Nico Mazza figure into this? Because it felt like they were kind of transitioning away from that with Billy Oldham coming in. Does that kind of push him back into the mix and they hope that he can find something?
6: So, with with, uh, with Adams, uh, first and foremost, I saw the doctor yesterday, don't know anything yet. Scott told us on the Eagle Hour, uh, he, he won't pitch this weekend, don't know what it looks like going forward. So, it's just kind of hold your breath on Matt Adams. Um, with Maza, they in, in game two of the doubleheader Saturday, they brought him in out of the bullpen, which okay. is a place for him to get some confidence. I do think that Maza. I do think probably they'll slide Oldham to Saturday um, or – you know, Maza could get back in there, but again, they could throw a guy like Armistead with starting experience in. Or, you know, if you put Oldham on Saturday, just kind of see what happens. If you, you know, if you win with Hall and Oldham, you know, you may just stitch it together on 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 Sunday to see what happens. But uh, Middleton tonight tells me um, that uh, a guy that had success in midweek last week, they may move to the weekend in Armistead.
2: So certainly he is uh, in the mix. We'll have to wait and see how that uh, that all plays out. Luke, always good to catch up. Thanks for the insight today. Hi, right, Richard. Y'all have a great day. Luke Johnson, he's co-host of the Super Talk Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi, Laurel and Hattiesburg. You can uh, catch that show live in the uh, in the afternoons before uh, we come up. I guess one to two, or you can uh, grab it as a podcast available on demand at Super Talk. FM. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad. You hate to see injuries this time of year. I mean, they, they are part of baseball. They happen, but it kind of felt like, guys, Southern Miss was getting this thing moving in the right direction, and now, yeah, you really hate that with Matt Adams and uh, hope that it's not something that's severe that sidelines him for the rest of the year.
4: Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good USM team. They're playing well right now. This was the, kind of the last thing they needed, and this is a big game. Big game tonight for USM. I mean, you know, they're what I think 24th in the RPI. This is in and, and, and Alabama's 22nd. If they handle their business in, in the Sun Belt, they, they have an opportunity to get towards that bottom tier that's 14, 15, 16 seats and possibly be a host if they, if they handle their business and win enough games. But a win tonight would go a long way for that.
2: And that's the deal, right? I mean, it's win a bunch of games. Yeah the rest of the way and make sure that that RPI number stays where it is and uh, they are in a position to potentially do both of those things. we got more coming up with you. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort studio. We are back after this on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: To the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV. There's something about the routine of being at the ballpark. I, I like just looked over my shoulder and was like, all right, starting to, starting to come to life. They've done all the field prep work. Now they're setting up the uh, the field for batting practice. It always looks almost the same as they put the big screens out that cover the – well, the screens that protect the bases and then, like, the, the grass protector as well. So you don't just beat balls into the freshly cut grass and around the bases. And you guys ever thought that maybe, maybe this is when I get a little, like, sappy and nostalgic about baseball. But to me, there's just something about, like, the rhythm of the day at a ballpark. They're like, everything happens at a certain time, and it's the exact same routine. The grounds crew doesn't vary what they do. the The guys that set the field up don't vary how the field is set. It's just vary this happens and then this happens and then this happens and then it's national anthem and then we play ball. The slow build. I love
3: that about baseball, and I get that feeling at football too. The slow build up until the event. I love getting into stadiums early because uh, you, you look down and look up every five minutes or so and there's something new, like more people are in the stands or uh, players out warming up and, and then music starts going. And then as as you're getting closer to, to kickoff or first pitch, the music changes a little bit. It gets a little bit more hyped and intense and nothing beats the slow
2: build up until the start of a sporting event. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Dan, are you romantic about baseball?
5: Yeah, I, I, I like the routine your of baseball
2: for uh, for Mrs. Hey Dad. <laughs>
3: heyo,
4: <laughs> heyo! All right. Uh, no, I, the routine of baseball is is something. I'm a guy who loves a routine. I like I like yeah, things that do. are scheduled and organized. Oh yeah, and you do. and so yeah, exactly. So so yeah, the, the way you know, I know that when I get to the ballpark, and I mean with state, they play the same songs every game. So it's like I know what inning we're in, but based on the music we're listening to. So yeah, I I, I do like that.
2: Do you miss Sweet Georgia Brown during the infield round for Mississippi State? I do not State? miss.
4: I do not miss Sweet Georgia Brown. I, I won't lie on that. How do you no. not? And yeah, was, that's was a little corny for me.
2: Yeah, but it was like twenty years of consistency.
4: I, I get that, but it, it, it was time for that to go. Yeah.
2: Okay, Borky. You know, so when Ron Paul for. The entirety of his career He is the one that hit infield It was not an assistant coach It wasn't a grad assistant It wasn't a bullpen guy He hit infield Every single game And they played sweet Georgia Brown While he was hitting infield In the stadium Every single game Did he carry that to Georgia? I'm assuming the answer is yes
4: I don't know the answer to that so.
2: We'll have to uh, have to ask Coach Polk That one day Um Thanks for being with us this afternoon. One hour almost in the books. We've got Kendall Rogers from D1 Baseball joining us to start the 4 o'clock hour. 5 o'clock hour, going to get to the college uh, football fix, not the college baseball fix, the college football fix to start things off in the 5 o'clock hour. After we talk to Kendall, there is a hire that has been made in college football. Not a head coach, not a coordinator, but a former head coach... Who is going to be on a college staff. And I've got questions. And I think you may have questions as well. We'll get into that a little bit later in the 4 o'clock hour today with you. Sports also, stuff. don't
3: forget that uh, we have audio of one Zach Arnett. Maybe you can be the judge out there. Mm. Possibly taking a shot. and Not eat. a shot. Not just throwing a little shade. Throwing shade is the better way to put it. Yeah, throw throwing some shade. At uh, what somebody would describe as somebody shady. Throwing shade at somebody who is shady. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but. That's coming up. Or Tease. There's
2: or, your reason to stay tuned,
3: stay plugged in. Was stay he throwing shade in. or was he shining light at something shady?
2: Hmm. Hey, Dad. You're, you're going to have to enter the conversation here.
4: It can be both. Both things can be true at the same time. We like to say that a lot.
3: It's interesting,
2: very, though. Very,
4: very possible.
2: He, he seems to be very
3: measured and unwilling to go. He, he's a football guy. He, it, it seems like he's comfortable not stepping out of football, and in this case, he, he kind of did.
2: Seems atypical. Mississippi, you can be part of the conversation on the C-SPIRE text line at 601-879-4395. More coming up with you. Kendall Rogers on the Farm Bureau guest line after this in the Pearl River Resort Studio.
1: To Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say it. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry. Poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. (laughs) On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Our Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Streaming at supertalk.fm and SuperTalk TV. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. We go right now to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com. And go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Kendall Rogers, D1 Baseball. Check out the website, d1baseball.com. If you are a college baseball fan, you already know about D1 Baseball. Uh, If you are a college baseball fan and you don't, Welcome from the uh, the cave that you've been living in. Uh, immediately go and subscribe. All the information you need, all the information you want at D1Baseball.com. Good afternoon, Kendall. Well, how's it going? Good, man. What a slate of games we have On just a random April Tuesday, we got Florida, Florida State tonight. We got Georgia Tech, Auburn tonight. We've got uh, Georgia, Clemson tonight, Ole Miss, and Memphis, Mississippi State, and UAB, Alabama, Southern Miss. This is a good Tuesday night. It is, and then we have
7: randomly Texas Tech and Stanford playing like right now uh, out on the West Coast. I'm not sure why Texas Tech went out to. In Northern California on, on a Sunday afternoon after they just played, but uh, it is what it is. So, yeah, it's a, it is a star-studded uh, day. And then you have UConn and B.C. Uh, playing right now as well. You have two, uh, two top 20
2: clubs. That That's interesting with Texas Tech and, and Stanford. Texas Tech's done some of that. You remember a couple of years ago they played two – I guess it was, the, uh, it was the COVID season, 2020. They played two midweek games against Mississippi State in Biloxi. On a Tuesday and a Wednesday. Now, I know Biloxi's a little closer than Palo Alto, but not by a lot. I mean, it's a long way to Lubbock from anywhere.
7: Yeah, I think Texas Tech describes the idea of, like, anywhere, anytime. Kind of like the old Pat Hill and of State. I think they realize they're, like, they're not going to get a lot of teams going to go Lubbock in midweek. So, you know what? They they know they got to get on the road and play people. they got to play people when the other teams are willing to play them. So, so I think that's what it kind of boils down
2: to. All right, so uh, this weekend is weekend number five in uh, in SEC play. After, uh, after the game's finish on Sunday, we will be halfway through. Give me your biggest surprise through four weeks in the SEC and um, maybe the thing that has disappointed you the most.
7: Uh, I, I would say my biggest surprise would be probably just how good South Carolina is. I mean, I think Kentucky, I think for me, even though UK is twenty-seven to five, I think the jury is still out of them a little bit. Uh, you know, they lost okay. a series to Georgia over the weekend. So, I think for me, when I look at South Carolina, just, just how good they've been has been really impressive. You know, I thought they were, you know, top twenty to twenty-five type of club. But I mean, you look at the, the way they hit LSU over the weekend. Ethan Petrie, the talented freshman. I mean, he looked like a seasoned veteran uh, against Paul Skeens. He's probably uh, that was probably the best at bat I've seen against Paul Skeens this year. Uh, they were solid, to above in that lineup. You know, I thought on the mound. You know, obviously they kind of imploded there at the end. And give LSU credit for coming back. But you know, on the mountains, they had several guys with really good stuff. So I think South Carolina the biggest surprise, and I think in terms of our biggest disappointment, uh, I would go with Mississippi State. I mean, I think a lot of people will just naturally look at Ole Miss and go, "Well, they're the defending national champions. They're the you know they're the biggest disappointment with their record." But I mean, I think when you look at um, you know, Ole Miss, I think you can legitimately go, you know what? They're okay offensively, yeah, and this was a year where they really could not afford to get Hunter Elliott out for an extended period of time because of some of the newcomers like Sonier, Revis, and et cetera. And, you know, I think they'll be, I actually think Ole Miss will be fine the second half of the season. I think Mississippi State and just how bad they've been at times this year has been the biggest surprise to me. Uh, I thought this would be a rebound year for them. We didn't have them ranked in the preseason, but I thought this was a, Definite regional team, and right now yeah. it's a definite not regional team, and so we'll see if the weekend in Alabama kind of gets this team going a little bit. They got some big hits over the weekend; they were able to generate some offense. Make dump it really well in the bullpen for them uh, in one of those decisive games. So maybe that was the spark they needed. And, and what's really interesting, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in a second, what's really interesting is you have two teams that I feel like are going into the biggest one of the biggest weekends wow. of the year and kind of kind of a must-win situation. So I think it just sets the stage for what should be a awesome weekend at with. You know,
2: that's, that's exactly where I was headed next. Um, for both of these teams, I mean, Mississippi State, maybe the, the slightest bit more momentum after winning two out of three and finally getting a series win. Uh, Ole Miss having a, another, you know, disappointing weekend where they had a chance to win more than one game and they only came away with, with one game when it was all said and done. And so when you point to this weekend, I mean, I know when you start the halfway point of the season, you're starting week five, calling a series must win feels a little, I don't know, maybe a little hyperbolic, but I don't know that either of these teams have got room left to lose this series and still have a chance to make the postseason.
7: Well, the biggest reason why I feel like,
2: I mean, I I think more
7: than, than Ole Miss, I think Mississippi State this weekend is bigger because number one, you have to protect your own field right in this league. If you don't protect your home field, you're in big trouble. I think the other thing I look at too is you know Ole Miss still has LSU left, but the rest of that schedule is pretty navigable. And I think when you look at uh, Mississippi State, you know you have you know Ole Miss this weekend, you're at Tennessee, Arkansas at a or at LSU, and then a And M. I mean, that's a really Really difficult finish. So I think this is a bigger weekend for Mississippi State. I think you got to protect your home, and you look at that remaining schedule. And you're, you lose this weekend, you're looking at that remaining schedule on, like, where, where in the world am I getting 13 conference rooms to run out of that schedule.
2: You know, Kendall, we were playing around with the uh, kind of the standings in the SEC right now, and and I think there's yeah. seven teams that you can you can highlight, underline, circle, and you go, okay. Those teams are going to be at Hoover. And by the way, it was not lost on us that we were having a conversation about getting to the SEC tournament in a state where you've got the last two national champions, so the conversation <laughs> has changed a little bit. We, we recognize that. But then after that, it's like, okay, you got seven te- or five seven teams that are playing for the other five spots, and it's like, okay, out of that group, I feel like Texas A&M is in the process of turning a corner. But aside from that, yeah. i got no idea how this plays out over the final six weeks of the regular season.
7: No, I'm with you, man. Like I feel like Auburn and Ole Miss are very similar. I think both of the teams can really hit. I think both of the teams really scuffle in the mound uh, at times. And so I think they're very similar. I think Mississippi State right now, I don't think there's a lot going great for them. I mean, you know, they're starting to get a little healthy on their mound. We'll see how they look moving forward. But, yeah, I mean, I would agree that, that, out, that A&M is kind of the team out of that group that I feel the best about. I think the last couple of weekends, they're starting to play a lot better. They're starting to kids kind of figure out their pitching rules. Honestly, they should have swept Auburn. I mean, there's like a blown call the ninth inning that kept them from not sweeping Auburn. So I do feel like they are playing better. I think Missouri's still a solid club. I mean, you look at Missouri's league record, you're going, oh, man, four and eight, they must stink. But, I mean, for a team that lost like three arms to injuries, they've actually done a pretty nice job. Like They were in every single game against Manny over the weekend in Columbia. And so, I, I mean, I think for me right now, if I was a betting man, I think I would have Georgia and either Auburn or State being the two teams at home.
2: Wow. That's, uh, you, you do realize that you have set yourself up for a, uh, a flurry of text messages of why do you hate well, Mississippi State?
7: Hey, here's the thing. I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and say I don't care how, how many people tweet it out. But, like, college baseball is better when Ole Miss and Mississippi State are better in baseball. And I would love nothing more than to be wrong on that. But, like, even with that weakening against Alabama, I think, you know, Alabama for me, I mean, I didn't even mention them. I mean, they're a club that I could see falling out. Because, you know, Alabama, you know, we and we talked about this in the preseason, you know, we thought that they would be a lot better. We thought they'd be kind of South Carolina-esque. But what's kind of happened there is for a program like Alabama that has not experienced a lot of success in recent years, you just kind of wonder a little bit when they're they're finding ways to lose series. And once you do that, and once that's kind of ingrained in your culture, I mean, it's it's hard to get rid of that. So Alabama is the other team I think even more so than probably State and Ole Miss. And I'm like really worried about because I think they're really, really spreading on the edge right now. They, they need a series win in the worst way.
2: Kendall, I, I watched Arkansas up close this weekend for the first time, and I think that's a fine baseball team, but I didn't see anything that I thought was super special uh, about that team, and yet there they are 8-4 in the yeah. league. If you look at their, you know, statistically, they don't blow you away with anything they do. Is this a Dave Van Horn club that just keeps on winning and we look up and they're hosting and maybe they're even a top eight seed? Yeah, I
7: mean, I think this is a, cl- a classic Dave Van Horn coaching job. I mean, we, we talk, we've talked so much over the years about how much talent they had on some of these teams. but Some of his best teams were teams that we didn't expect anything out of. I mean, you think about that. I'm trying to remember the exact year. I think it was like in the early teens. Arkansas, I think, was picked like ninth in the SEC and they won the league that year. And the thing about Van Horn is like, that is a plug-and-chug program. Like, you know, when, when something goes bad and a guy falls out, that program always seems to be able to pick up the pieces. And I think the biggest key for them uh, has been the evolution of, of Hunter Holland. You know, he was the guy that was talking to yeah. an SEC coach last night about him, and they couldn't believe what he's become because they're like, man, I am saying, you know, like it was like 86-88 with a very below-average breaking ball, and all of a sudden the dude's got like a wipeout hot breaking ball, put up some pretty
2: good numbers. Hey, no, they Kendall, just, let me interrupt I mean, it's you. It's program oh. where guys keep stepping up. Have you, have you got time to hang for a couple more minutes? Sure, man. All right. We'll continue our conversation with Kendall Rogers. We'll pick up on Arkansas. We'll talk about Tennessee. We'll talk about Florida and a couple of other thoughts on the league when we come back in the Pearl River Resort Studios.
1: Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Ken Rogers, always gracious with his time from D1Baseball.com. Be sure to check out that website for all of your college baseball news. It's D1Baseball.com. So, Kendall, before the break, we were talking about Arkansas. Um, and, and you were talking specifically about Hunter Holland. And I, When we got our scouting report before the game that, that he pitched, which was game one of the doubleheader last Friday, and I saw the whole five-pitch mix thing, I kind of rolled my eyes. Because when I see a, somebody talking about a pitcher that's got five pitches, I'm like, yeah, yeah okay, you, you don't have anything good enough to get people out, and so you just got a bunch of junk. Um, that was not a guy that was just throwing a bunch of junk. He he commanded five pitches. It was fastball in and out, a really good changeup, pretty good curveball, pretty good slider. I mean, it just it was good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I and mean, That's the thing about Matt Hobbs, your pitching coach, is you know he's he's certainly
7: well noted to do really well with guys with velocity, but I mean he's also a pitching coach that if you look historically with Arkansas's you know arms. He's done a really nice job of developing those guys. You know, Hagen Smith, I thought last year, you know, had a good slider. I think Hagen Smith's slider this year has taken a big step forward. So, yeah, I mean, Matt Hobbs does a great job. I get that, like, he gets impressed because, you know, some of the injury issues they've had this year. But guy's a really good pitching coach, and Hunter Holland's a great example. Because, like I was saying before the break, is, you know, a pitching coach in the SAT was telling me they they couldn't believe that Hunter Holland had turned into the pitcher that he is right now. Like, they think it's pretty incredible.
2: Yeah, I was I was impressed seeing him in person. A, a team that I have not seen in person, but I also yeah. have not been impressed with, is Tennessee. Like they just don't look like a very good baseball team right now. I know there's a lot of talent there. I mean, we we know about the arms. We know about the kind of the edge that they play with and they've got some guys that can swing it, but that offense lost a lot from a year ago and they are not the same team that they were in twenty twenty two, despite how the season ended. We know how good that team was last year.
7: Yeah, I mean I think it's a it's a much different team. Like they they are starting to realize that they're gonna have to be a little different. Uh you know, they're not gonna hit you know, they I think last year they had like seven guys that had double digit home runs this year. They're far from that. So you know you're a different offensive of lineup. you got to find some different way, ways to score runs on a consistent basis. They're scoring runs on on Sunday. They're scoring runs against people's, you know, five, six, seven pitchers. But what they're not doing is scoring a lot of runs on the frontline line guys. And so they've got to figure that out. The biggest thing for me is when I look at a college baseball team, you know, if you're hitting isn't, isn't what it was last year, you need your pitching to be what it was to, to sustain that Level of success to an extent. And the problem with Tennessee is, they you know, Chase Dolander, like he's still, you know, one of the best pure pitchers in college baseball. The fact of the matter is, he's been really average this year for the most part in terms of results. And Chase Burns has been pretty bad. I mean, if you look at his numbers, you know, Chase yeah. Burns has what, like 11.90 SEC ERA? Like, that's just not going to cut it. So I actually kind of feel like Tony Vitello needs to move Drew Bean up in that rotation and move Chase Burns back, it kind of just take a little bit of the pressure off of him. Because I feel like if you lose on Friday, you're throwing a lot of pressure on a dude that you know, has ERA nearing 12. So, you know, Drew Bean has been really solid. I would move him up in that rotation on Tennessee. But, again, I actually still believe in the team down the stretch. I think they're going to be re- they're, they're kind of like A&M to me in the sense, and probably a better version of A&M, but in the sense that, like, yeah, they have some question marks, but I'm, but I still feel pretty good about them. The second half of the season, like I, I just think they have the personnel that, that'll figure things out.
2: You know, the team that I feel better about than anybody else in the SEC, and it's not even close. And it's not LSU. It, it's Florida, man. That that rotation, those yeah. bats. What I know, Caglione didn't have his best outing last week, but man, they've got arms. They've got guys in the in the bullpen that can get people out. They swing it up and down the lineup. They're good defensively. I just I don't really see a weakness right now with Kevin O'Sullivan's team.
7: Yeah, it's really funny you mentioned that, and, and I know Sully will let me hear about it. He'll wait till they win the championship to let me hear about it. But I remember <laughs> in the fall, or you know, in, the, in January, and, you know, I talked to all these coaches a lot. I remember Sully telling me like, "Hey, keep talking about LSU because you'll be talking about Florida at the end of the season." And like yeah. I kind of laughed it off It's like, oh, he just you know he's just being silly. But you're right, man. Like this Florida team's really good. They've got they've got swagger. They're confident. They're I, I don't feel like they're like Tennessee last year where you're like God, I can't stand these guys. Like as a fan, but, like they're a likable team. And when you look at their pieces top to bottom, you know Jack Cags and, and the job that he's done specifically at the plate. You know, like you said, he didn't have a great outing over the weekend against Tennessee. But still a premier pitcher, you know, you look at Hurston Walter, Brandon Pro, Philip Adner. And then you look at that lineup. I mean, you have Jack Tags, but Josh, Josh Rivera for my for my money would be the biggest breakout player uh, you know in the SEC this year. You know yeah. you, could, you know, going into the season, I think I picked Kemp Alderman, but like Kemp Alderman is kind of doing what we thought he would do. But you know, Josh Rivera has gone from a two fifty hitter to, what, 330, 340 with double-digit bombs? Like, I did not see that coming. And he was already a premier defender, you know, B.T. Rypel has had a really nice year for him. Cade Curlin uh, has been really good as a young player. So, man, they've got a lot of balance. They've got a deep pitching staff. And, I mean, there's a very legit argument to make that we the best team in college baseball right now.
2: Kendall Rogers, one more thing for you before we let you go. Let's pull sure. it back to the state of Mississippi. I uh, I don't know how the season plays out for Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I feel confident in saying that, disappointingly, we're not going to have postseason baseball in Starkville or Oxford, like the game's actually being played. Whether yeah. or not the teams get to the tournament, we'll see. I don't think Ole Miss or State is hosting. But I'm not so sure I feel the same way about Southern Miss. A good RPI. Sunbelt Conference is a good league. They had a good weekend. The Matt Adams injury hurts them a little bit. Is there a scenario where if Southern Miss just continues to win series week after week in conference play and that RPI stays right there around 20, that the Golden Eagles could be playing postseason baseball at Pete Taylor Park this year?
7: They definitely could. I mean, if you look at this league overall, they've got a really good RPI. I feel like they've got about four, five, six pretty good teams that league. So you're not going to see a – a massive decline in RPI with a couple of losses. I think the biggest thing for me is you look, you know, just kind of the makeup of this team is, you know, they, they need some of these guys who are proven commodities to be good down the stretch. I mean, Chris Sargent, Reese Ewing, uh, you know, your uh, Carson Peto—like these are all guys who have produced and produced at a high level in the past. And I just think this is one of the teams, even without Matt Adams, that like they're not even playing anywhere near their capability. So. I think we're scary down the stretch. You know what's going to happen, though, don't you? Uh, Southern Miss is going to host, and they're going to get like either Ole Miss or like a red-hot Mississippi State team, and there's like a three.
2: As a three? Do you, don't you think That's Southern Miss happen. fans would be like, come, come on. Can, can we nah, not just sit somewhere else? That, you never know. Yeah. Kendall, always appreciate the time. Great stuff. You Should be a, a fun Tuesday night, another fun weekend coming up. You got it, brother. Be good, man. That's Kendall Rogers from D1 Baseball joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Brian Haydad, Kendall Rogers making friends and uh, winning votes in the greater Starkville, greater Golden Triangle area.
5: We, we
4: already knew. They already knew he, he hates everybody, but he hates Mississippi State the most.
2: What did he say? Just go ahead and tweet it out, boys. I don't care who knows it. College baseball is better when Mississippi State and Ole Miss are good. Now, Borky, you pushed back against that sentiment when it was Tennessee football. Do you agree with that sentiment when it's Ole Miss and Mississippi State baseball? I mean, from our perspective, yes, of course.
3: Uh, But no, I don't think a sport is made or broken by one or two teams being good or bad.
4: How, how agree, much better is college baseball? How much better is college baseball if this weekend the defending national champs, the Ole Miss Rebels, the number one team in the nation, travel to Mississippi State, lat two years ago national champs, the number two team in the nation? How much better is college baseball?
3: To us, a lot better. To somebody, well, yeah, but, I mean, in like Greenville, nationally, that, Carolina, that get,
4: they don't care. That would get some attention. That would get some attention, I think. That might be a situation I, where ESPN's like, we need to move this game to put it on the big network.
2: Yeah. No, but, I, I would agree with that. Here's the only pushback that I would give you, Borky, on why it matters nationally college baseball looks a certain way on television, and it looks different in the postseason, right? And when you have a postseason game in Starkville, they get the national television audience a postseason game in Oxford that gets national television on it's just like you just like with Arkansas and with LSU and with Texas and with Texas A and M with Oklahoma State. when when people turn on their television and they're like, that looks awesome. I think that's good for the game.
3: Yeah, and baseball's different than football. I mean, college football's got dozens upon dozens upon dozens of incredible environments. Mm. College baseball does not have dozens upon dozens upon dozens of incredible environments. Mm. So it is different.
2: And, and, I mean, what are they? I mean, we we can name them, right? I mean, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU, Arkansas, Texas A&M, Texas, East Carolina. Yeah. Sneaky, great baseball environment looks good on television. Oklahoma State's is really good. Um, Texas Tech is okay. South Carolina's can be good. It's, South it's Carolina, very. Yeah, I, I, I meant to say South Carolina. I forgot them. Florida may have their best environment of the entire season tonight, because Florida State's in town on a Tuesday. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back with you. Pearl River Resort Studios after this.
1: Okay. Let's go. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. Don't hurt yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back Sports Talk Mississippi. Great conversation with uh, Kendall Rogers. Uh, hit on a lot of stuff there and uh, always appreciate his time. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. They've got uh, the entire selection of spring merchandise in. I have personally been vouching for the uh, the Genteel shorts. If uh, you're looking for a new pair of shorts, as we get to short season, give them a try. They feel good. They're just the right length. They, uh, they're they just great. You're, you're going to love them. And uh, you can also uh, check out the uh, the golf shirts and the pullovers and the whole deal. GenteelApparel.com. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Any, uh, before we move on to, uh, to this next story, is there anything else we need to uh, – Touch on that, that Kendall talked about, as it pertains to Ole Miss or Mississippi State or somebody else in the SEC. Hey, and I feel like, I mean, you're you are not by nature an optimist. Groundbreaking. <laughs> yeah. And, and yet, I feel like you see a glimmer with this baseball team that, oh, well, maybe. Maybe they're not dead yet. Maybe there's a little something there. Maybe they take a couple of steps this weekend, and then next weekend, okay, there's an opportunity, and then all of a sudden you're in a, in a dogfight trying to get to the tournament. I didn't get the impression right. that Kendall sees even a glimmer.
4: No, Kendall has already written this team off, and, and that's you know, honestly, the way they've pitched and played defense this year, you can't blame anybody for that. And to be totally honest, I would be right there with him if State had not found a way to come back and win the game on, on Saturday. Uh, I would have told you this season is over. But so you know, looking at the next two weeks, and really honestly the next three weeks, because Tennessee, although they're a very talented team, they've shown this year they're not unbeatable. They're not playing great baseball right now. So it's you know, what can you do in the next, you know, two weeks for sure, and then when you go to Tennessee, you don't get swept, and then you know, you, you got meaningful games the last three weeks of the season. But yeah. state has to do a lot of work. They've got to play a lot better than they've they've played at times this year. It's incredible that even in the you know, the, the series last week that they won, they were still run ruled in the in the game that they lost. So I mean when this team is bad, they're very, very bad.
2: What is the outcome this weekend that makes you think Okay, maybe so. And conversely, what is the outcome this weekend? Where you say, eh, put a fork in them."
4: It's as simple as win the series, lose the series. If state oh, wins the series, it's not yeah, for me. It's anyway. No, no. If if state loses the series, this the season's just about over. I mean, at that point, you're you're holding on to. Not- I mean, if state, let's say they if they lose the series, they would be what, uh, four and eleven. Uh, I mean. Where are you going from there? You know, with with series remaining. You know, Tennessee, Arkansas, A and LSU. I mean, where are you going? You're, you're probably going to win eight games. I, I can't have a lot of faith in you, but if you win the series, you know, the, the beat goes on for another week, and then you see what you can do at Auburn. Auburn's a team that's not playing well right now. You should be able to go down there and hopefully take that series, and then you you, you play out those last four weeks. But if State loses the series, and, 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 I don't even know. It's it, it could be the same way. If they could win two games and then Ole Miss just blows them out in the, in the third game, who cares, as long as you get those two wins.
2: Borky, do you agree that that's the recipe? It's as simple for both teams as win the series, lose the series. You win the series this weekend, you still got a puncher's chance, you lose the series, and go ahead and make your vacation plans? It's pretty.
3: I mean, on top of the math, I mean, just being another game – Below 500 in conference play, just adding to that with what you have remaining makes it a difficult task, regardless. And I mean, if uh, look, if you're Ole Miss and you can't beat this Mississippi State team, how are you going to go on some run and, and rattle off a bunch of wins and, and mix a sweep or two in there and, and get to the postseason? If Mississippi State can't beat this Ole Miss team, how do you expect to have a, a stretch of LSU, Arkansas, and Tennessee where you win more of those games than you lose? I mean, if you can't beat this team, you're not beating those teams. And that applies to both.
2: Hunter and Columbus, c Tax Line. As a state fan, what Kendall Rogers said doesn't make me mad. I mean, it's not like he's wrong, but I think he is underestimating the getting healthy piece. But, I mean, I'm not surprised by what he said. Okay? That is from uh, Hunter. Um, Dwayne and Brandon... What am I missing here? He says, yes, Richard, we need more of the field. We're talking about the video? Not entirely sure so. what. Uh, um, somebody was mad that we didn't mention Southern Miss when very literally the last four minutes of our interview with Kendall Rogers was about nothing but Southern Miss and the possibility of them hosting as the only school in the uh, state of Mississippi with a chance to host.
4: It's cool that they don't listen to the show.
2: It's
5: fine.
2: Yeah, Um, Jeff and Grenada, we state fans are not going to hate on Kendall. We feel the exact same way. Zero faith in this team or coaching staff.
5: Could that change this weekend? I think think a lot of state. You can
4: get anytime you beat Ole Miss. Obviously, it's good for job security. But yeah, and this is not a good Ole Miss team, right? I mean, you should beat them. You're playing them at home. You've been playing better the past couple weeks and they have, you should beat them. So you can get a little bit of credit in the bank, but it is, he's got a long way to go.
2: Yeah. Okay. All right. I've been waiting to throw this at you guys and get your reaction. Former Arizona Cardinals head coach, former Texas Tech head coach Cliff Kingsbury has been named a senior offensive analyst At USC, Lincoln Riley told ESPN's Pete Thamel he's going to be invaluable to have on the staff. He knows a number of the staff guys. There's a familiarity and comfort level there. Fired in January by the Cardinals after a 4-13 season. He was nine games below 500 as a head coach in four years the Arizona Cardinals. Prior to that, he spent six seasons at Texas Tech, where he was five games below 500 as a head coach. Did take them to three bowl games. Two years as the co-offensive coordinator at the University of Houston. One season as the offensive coordinator at Texas A&M. So that's the resume for Cliff Kingsbury. We all know who Cliff is. Um, what do you guys make of this? Like, my first question is, why is Kingsbury doing this? Live in L.A.,
3: work a few hours a week, stay connected to football.
4: Yeah. Okay. It's as as, as stress free as it can be for him to still be a top notch job working with elite players.
2: I heard, um, I don't know if it was Jake, I think it was Bobby Carpenter on the radio, former Ohio State linebacker, uh, earlier today say, in comparison to the teams that he has coached previously, college and the NFL, this will be the most talented roster he's ever been involved with. I'm like, oh, you think about it.
5: Yeah, I mean,
2: you know, at 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 Texas A&M, even at A&M, they were still kind of playing second fiddle to Texas. At Houston, they were playing second fiddle to everybody in the Big Twelve. At Texas Tech, they were playing second fiddle to at least Texas, Texas A&M, TCU, and maybe Baylor?
4: Baylor at the time, yeah, sure.
2: Um, The Arizona Cardinals, you're in the NFL, and everybody's got the same talent level, kind of, but his roster looked a little bit different than some.
4: And He was on that A&M team that had Manziel and Mike Evans, and that's
2: pretty good. Yeah, no, oh, no, it's really good, really good, but not compared in comparison to what the Southern Cal roster looks like.
4: And I'm trying to remember who they had that after was it Matthews? Jake Matthews was a first rounder, and they had another guy who was a first rounder. They had talent. I mean, the Southern Cal team is very good. Caleb Williams though is a better quarterback than John. I'll say that. I'm telling you, he's more talented. I think. I don't know that he'll have the the same kind of impact. I don't know that he'll have put the same kind of numbers. But Caleb impact Caleb Williams from a talent standpoint is right there with Manzel.
2: I agree with that. Although college football, Johnny Manziel, let, let's not forget what he was. Because it was one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. Special, special, special.
4: Yeah. Oh, it was special. Does, does, does Southern Cal have a receiver that's as good as Mike Evans was?
2: Um, I mean, I'll Pittsburgh be the first late? one to tell you. I don't know
4: their roster. He's gone. Yeah, he, yeah. he got
2: drafted. I don't
4: yeah. know. Well, he's going to get
2: drafted. Yeah. That's right. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, is it as simple as he just wants to be around the game and he already knows and likes Lincoln Riley and they've worked together and it's easy?
4: It may just literally be that simple. Yeah. Or, 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 or. And then, yeah, next year could be back as an offensive coordinator or a head coach somewhere.
2: Maybe there's a line in the contract with the Arizona Cardinals where he has to seek gainful employment and so he goes and works as an analyst at Southern Cal for eighty thousand a year so that he can get his six million a year that they owe him maybe I, I have no idea and, I'm just I'm just think ball, thinking hell out loud. I mean that happened with Brett Bielema, right that, it I did? mean
3: it, you know college versus NFL is is different I, I wonder if that is in NFL contracts that you have to seek employment to
2: continue to get paid It's interesting I don't know yeah, I don't know about offset that language. But but
3: contracts. sitting on $30 million and living in L.A. with his Instagram model girlfriend after their vacation in Bali and watching some film and giving some advice is a pretty sweet way to live.
2: So you think he just got tired of the South Pacific after a month? Feels like it. Because didn't he say he was leaving his phone at home and you're like, don't, don't call me, I'll call you? We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi.
1: I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: One last time with you in the four o'clock hour, Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV. If you're watching on Super Talk TV, that's that's uh, the ballpark uh, out there behind me. As if you needed an explanation. Sorry, I'll turn around in a second. I just wanted to watch Kemp Alderman. He only hit one in that round. The one that he hit though was uh, it was up in the picnic area in left field. That's a uh, that's a fun round of BP to uh, to watch. Similar to like uh, if I were in Starkville this weekend. I would be all eyes when Dakota Jordan took BP.
4: That's a good I one, one to watch. On the show. Hines is a good one. Yeah. Yep. Clark's a good one. Hines are a good one.
2: Yep. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by M-Trade Park. Find them online at mtradepark.com. told you yesterday, the month of April and the month of May, super, super busy at M-Trade Park. If you're not registered for these events, you can still do so online uh, on the Schedule tab at uh, mtradepark.com. There's a state qualifier, 126 teams coming to Oxford this weekend. A couple of weekends from now, it's uh, a a free state qualifier tournament at the AA level, then double-decker weekend. Last weekend of the month of April, 102 teams are already signed up. You've got tournaments that are happening every single weekend through the middle of May. That's just baseball. They've also got uh, fast pitch and soccer tournaments that are happening happening to keep up with everything that's happening at M-Trade Park, could be a frequent visitor to their website at mtradepark.com. If you're going to play, play M-Trade. What do you think Lincoln Riley will have Cliff Kingsbury do? Are they going to follow the rules and like do no on-field coaching and he can't you know be involved, blah, 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 or they just going to use him?
4: Well, I mean, my guess is there's going to be a lot of okay. Here's what we did with Kyler Murray, and he won the Heisman. And here's what we did, you know, with Patrick Mahomes, and you see what he. Ended up. So let's see what we can. Uh, what from your game can we bring to this? You
2: know. Yeah. Well, they come from the same system, right? I mean, they're they're yeah. both they're both out of the Mike Leach air raid system, and both have evolved yeah. that system along the way. They've done it with accurate, athletic quarterbacks. So uh, we'll see. Uh, Kingsbury's contract with the Cardinals ran through 2027. He got fired 10 months after signing a six-year extension, which means the vast majority of his income is still expected to come from the NFL. Six-year extension through 2027. Uh, so we are 2023 right now. So he's got four years left at, what, five $6 million a year? Six, seven million a year? What a life.
3: You know, I think he would have been successful in the NFL with a quarterback that uh, you didn't have to strap to a chair to get to study film.
4: I See, I'm going to disagree with you. Because the guy wasn't super successful with Patrick Mahomes in college.
3: Understandable, but uh, assembling a roster that's competitive at Texas Tech, even with a great quarterback, is very different than having a roster that can be competitive in the NFL. Texas Tech can never have an All-22 that can compete with the best of college football and win championships. Can't happen. The Arizona Cardinals or, or whoever would give him another shot, I would say as OC. I don't know if a head coach is in his future again. You can win with what he does offensively in the NFL. They were good there. It's just there There was some dysfunction and other things, but somebody's going to give him that shot, and it's
2: probably going to go well. Do you like Kingsbury better at the college level or the NFL level?
4: Neither. I like him better as a coordinator. I don't think he's a very good head coach. I mean, I agree with what Borky's saying about, you know, you can't compete at the top, top tier of college football, but his best year at, at, at Texas Tech was his first year, and they went 8-5. and five. After that, he only had one more winning season where he was seven and six. I mean, Texas Tech is a program where you can win; you can go eight and four, and you can you can find your way to nine wins every now and then. Mike Leach showed that.
2: Yeah. So I just don't think he's a very good head coach. If you dropped Cliff Kingsbury into Athens or Tuscaloosa or Norman. Or Austin, or Clemson as the head coach. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I, that's where I was going they with Borky though. Get what you said about it, it's hard at Texas Tech. Would he win at the level those programs are winning, or would they fall off with him as the head coach?
3: Yeah, he would win big at those programs.
4: No, I disagree. I think he'd underachieve. Ed
3: Orgeron won a national championship
4: at LSU. Ed Orgeron. I, Ed Orgeron. I just think he – I, I get I get what you're saying. I understand. Ed Orgeron wasn't doing a ton of the coaching either. I mean, he was doing a lot of the recruiting, but Brady and, and Aranda ran that show. And we all know that. I hey, mean,
2: with, with Kingsbury, say, say he's going to – Go ahead. Go ahead.
4: I was going to say, it's like Kingsbury's going to call play. plate. I just don't think Kingsbury's a very good coach. I just I just don't. I think he's a good coordinator. But as a head coach, I just don't like him.
2: Say, say what you want about Ed Orgeron. It was proven when he left Ole Miss there was talent on the roster. It was proven when he left LSU there was still talent
5: Yeah, on but the who roster.
2: hasn't recruited well at LSU? Carly Hallman. Jerry Denarda.
5: Jerry DiNardo.
2: Bill Arnsbarger. Sports Talk Mississippi, 5 o'clock hour, coming up next.
7: Listen
5: to that at work. That
1: work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo?
5: Yes, sir. <laughs>
2: Welcome back, 5 o'clock hour with you. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV. Thank you for being with us. Alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borke. I'm Richard Cross. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. These are the days. Yep. It's it's, it's days like this where you want to be there. At either the Azaleas or the Oaks, sun out Blue skies, little bit of a breeze, not so hot that it's unbearable. Maybe one more day for it to completely dry out and be ready to go, and then uh, golf unlike any other. Whether it's at the Azaleas or the Oaks, 218 18 18-hole championship courses at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. You can book your tee time online or plan your trip at dancingrabbitgolf.com. C-SPIRE text line is open, 601-879-4395. If you want to join the conversation We'd love to hear from you. Again, 601-879-4395. Whether you're looking for wireless, business IT services, or uh, the greatest devices, they've got you covered. Oh, and fiber to the home as well. Cspire.com or your local Cspire store. All righty. Let's do it, Michael Borky. Let's get into a little college football fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Whether it's the Expedition, the Explorer, the Edge on the SUV side of things, the F-150, Ford Super Duty, the Ranger or the Maverick on the truck and pickup side of things, they've got you covered. And you can only find them at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Test drive one today. So we had... Some time this morning, when we were uh, we were visiting with our daily production call, about uh, to to talk about an article on ESPN.com. It's an article that uh, was written by Alex Scarborough, and Alex was the he was the writer. What was it, Borky? Two weeks ago, when, when the the yeah, Lane Kim story like came out. So first of all, I give Alex Scarborough and his editors credit for understanding the way the game is played. There are certain people that when their name is in the headline of an article in a given sport, the people that follow that sport are going to click the headline. That's one of the advantages of having Lane Kiffin as your coach. When his name is in a headline, somebody's going to hit click, and they're going to read it. His name's going to be out there. Your program's name is going to be out there. Now, are you always pleased with the contents of the article or of the headline? No, you're not. Brian Haydad got a good giggle out of one of the uh, – which was which quote was it in particular that uh, you just were like –
5: I, I don't remember the exact
4: quote. But, but, uh, Borky, I'm sure, will have the exact quote. But basically what Kiffin says – yeah, we lost five out of our last six, but look at our collective. Here's the quote. So you can
3: look at it and say, all right, there's something we wish we wouldn't have happened, and the whole Auburn thing was a distraction. But you can also look at it and say, if that didn't happen, what would the collective be?
4: What do you, you going paid mean, to do, Lane? Win games or, or, look. or advertise?
2: Look, I don't... That there's not there's not a PR firm on K Street in Washington, D.C. that could do a better job spinning what happened at the end of last season than that beauty right there. I'm going to read it to you again. <laughs> so you can look at it and say, all right, there's something we wish wouldn't have happened and the whole Auburn thing was a distraction. You can look at it that way. or, Or you can look at it this way. If that hadn't happened, what would the collective be? How much money would Ole Miss have had in, in the collective? It was um, a, a call to action of sorts. It was a uh, you know challenging of of manhood and womanhood. And people stepped to the plate, and they raised a bunch of money. Yeah. And then Ole Miss was able to spend that money to keep some of the players that are on the roster right now, Quinshawn Judkins, chief among them, and go out and get some other guys out of the transfer portal. I mean, it's a pretty masterful spin. It's it's excellent
3: spin. I'll give them that. And there yeah, is truth sure. to for it. Sure. There is truth to it, but I feel like yes. people would have rather had a focused football team that won games to finish the season, and would yeah. rather have all, not. only cost
4: with, you five wins, and yeah. would yeah. not
3: have dealt with with the Auburn stuff. Which this is when I read this, I'm so fascinated as to why twice now, in March and April, are you still talking about Auburn? During his press conference today, singled out John Sokolov
2: again. And in dude, this, dude, oh, well, hold, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let's just. As the questions come up, let, let's answer them. Why is Lane Kiffin still talking about Auburn? That's simple. I think the more times that he can say publicly, "I turned down the job at another program in my division," the better off he thinks it is. Well, maybe so. But
3: I, I spend a lot of time interacting with Ole Miss fans. It's kind of what I get paid to do, in effect. And Most people at this point are they feel one of two ways about Lane Kiffin. One is, he's our football coach and I love him. And yeah, coach, yes, I know you love Oxford. Velvet Ditch, that's awesome. And then the other half is, I don't care, man. Just go win football games. You got your raise. Auburn was a mess. Don't do it again. And no more Alex Scarborough articles are going to change either position. It's the, the more no, you're you right. the the more he talks about this it and it this this part of it's not really fair to him. But th- this whole I've changed. I'm I'm mature. I'm different now. Well, it, spare me if that falls flat when you have spent zero off seasons at Ole Miss, engaged or not engaged with other jobs. Within the conference. How about that happen one time before you start trying to talk about how different everything is? And that's not fair because now that Auburn's passed, and if you claim that this Auburn deal has changed you and you've grown up and you've learned from it, he can't prove that until November comes and the Texas A&M job comes open. But until November comes and the Texas A&M job comes open, take your massive raise... And just go win football games. Just just go win. And, and that's something that he can do, that he's good at doing, by the way. I mean, lost in all of the drama around him is an objectively very, very good football coach. Who's, done, who's won 18 games in two years, as we point out all the time, and only two teams in the SEC have done that in the last two years. Some hunter will take exception to that on the text line, but that is an objective fact. Only two teams in the SEC have won more games in the last two years than Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. It, you can't deny it. But... Stop talking about how you've changed and just go win. And then when November comes and A&M comes open, handle it better. When that time comes, handle it better. And if you don't, all of these words fall flat. And if you do, you can point back to this article in April and say, hey, look, he was telling the truth. But in the meantime, you're not changing anybody's mind. Nobody's mind was changed today. They're either fully all in and love him to death and, and eat up every word or understand that he's a good coach, know that he's going to win, and just would prefer him stop talking about Auburn and
4: go win. Somebody on the text line is like, what good would four more wins have done? Um, there's a difference between 8-4 and four and 12-0, and 0, guys. You play for a national title. What do you mean, what good would four more wins have done?
2: Hmm. Um, I would like to say that the Lane-Kiffin, Ole Miss, Ole Miss-Lane-Kiffin relationship is now just a zero-sum game. right? You're paying your coach at a level where it is you win or you leave. But the truth of the matter is that's not the case because Ole Miss is on the hook. For six years and fifty-four million dollars, and so it—it's it, it, a—it's a smaller version of a Jimbo contract. I mean, Jimbo was especially for Ole Miss, right? I mean, yeah. Jimbo's ten years and ninety-five billion, or whatever it is now. Mike mm-hmm. Kiffin's six years and fifty-four million. And Guess what? If Ole Miss goes. I mean, let's go crazy. Like if he goes off the rails, and Ole Miss goes four and eight this year, or Ole Miss goes six and six, and
4: I was wanting to see what your definition of off the rails was. I was want to see how far I, I, you would uh, take it. No,
2: I mean I think four and eight's off the rails.
4: Four and eight would be way off the rails for
2: Ole Miss. But, this but, year. but, but what, what, if Ole Miss went six and six, and had to go through an off season of. Overtures from other schools and attractiveness and, and all of that, there would be people around the Ole Miss program, get grief, maybe even in the administration, that just want to throw their hands up in the air and go, fine, just go. Just just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. And then you're like, uh you can't. Can't. It doesn't just need to work, it has to work. Between Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. And Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. That's your college football. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi.
5: Will hey, you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Yes!
1: Sports Talk Mississippi. Covering your Mississippi team. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't oh, touch that dial! Here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Again, Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at SuperTalk.fm and SuperTalk TV. Thanks for being with us. If you want to be a part of the conversation? You can join us on the Seaspire text line at 601 879 4395. Hey, Dad. You're looking at your. Uh, hey. I, I was just trying to figure out what the big squinty face was there. I
4: had have, I have a, a chill go down my back for some reason. So I was like. Nope.
2: You know, okay. uh
3: some paranormal investigators would claim that that is uh, a spirit touching you.
4: Okay? So there you go. Well, I, you know. Hope it's a good hope it's a friendly one.
2: Yeah. Paranormal investigators <laughs> Did you guys you, you never sick? watched that show the uh the Ghost Hunters oh, yeah. Taps?
4: I watched all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, paranormal be walk- like, paranormal state, yeah. and all that, yeah.
3: They would walk through like an old prison and like get a chill and be like, "Oh, was that a spirit?" <laughs> Did you hear that? do you hear that? Or you're in Illinois at an abandoned prison, and you caught a draft. Uh, you know, ghosts.
4: Uh, yeah. Uh, just uh, either one. Feels yeah. like it's just something going on in here. Yeah, you're at an abandoned insane asylum where they murdered people, <laughs> people for years. I bet it does feel weird in there.
2: <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Uh, somebody said, I don't remember the bat pings in the bump music. Yeah. Coming to you from Swayze this afternoon. Ole Miss and Memphis playing tonight. Mississippi State's on the road at UAB. Uh, Southern Miss is on the road at Alabama. C-Spire text line, it has to work out between Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. Truth. Well, I mean, they can't afford to fire him, but, uh, you know,
3: I mean, doesn't it have to work out with basically every coach? Uh, I mean, I mean, who is cool if their coach doesn't win?
4: Well, I think what he may be trying to say I, I, there is like, like, like with Orgeron, right? It didn't work out. You fire him. You're LSU. You can go get an elite coach. The Kiffin hiring, I'm not saying it was – the Kiffin hiring is not like the beard hiring or anything. Kiffin could have had other options for yeah. sure. But at the time, you know, Kiffin – I don't know that he was damaged goods, but there was like this, you know, eh, Lane Kiffin, I don't know. It didn't work at Tennessee, blah, blah, blah. And he goes to Ole Miss and it, it just works. It's just a great fit, and it works from day one, really. The question becomes: Could Ole Miss hire another coach like that? Because I don't think Ole Miss is just going to throw. I, well, there's that, but I don't also think that Ole Miss, let's say Kiffin, after this season, just leaves. He gets another job, and he goes. Ole Miss isn't going to just say, "Okay, well, we're a nine million dollar a year job." No, no, they they're going to try to be more reasonable about it. But they're not
2: so. going back to four either.
4: Probably not. No, they're probably. I mean, five would be like the minimum.
2: Hmm.
3: Yeah. But. Uh, other than the Auburn thing, which, uh, you know, as I said before, I, I think it's odd rehashing it. I, I, I'm curious as to why Scarborough thought basically to. This was a long read and there was other stuff in it, but uh, half of it was the same stuff he wrote a couple weeks ago. I found that odd.
2: You, Kevin's well, there already talked about a, Auburn. There, there may not have been enough there for two standalone stories. But that's why I said I give credit to Scarborough and his editors saying, okay, you got an hour-long interview. We're going to get two stories that run two weeks apart out of this, and we're going to double the impressions on the website because people are going to click on a story with Lane Kiffin. There were some quotes in here that I actually thought made us think a little bit that have nothing to do about Ole Miss and Auburn, you know, or how he handled it or maturity or whatever else. These are more big-picture quotes that pertain to NIL the transfer portal, and how it affects Ole Miss in particular. Listen to this one. The current system, even though I have issues with parts of it and wish it was set up better, I like the current system, especially the one-time transfer for Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin has figured out that he can build a roster at Ole Miss with a small margin for error but with talent that is on par with the elite teams in the SEC at least in his first group yeah the all 22 depth is all going to be always going to be an issue but he has decided that with the transfer portal and trying to thread the needle on culture and continuity and all of those things and and when you bring in a high school player that's a star like Quinshawn Judkins, keeping him happy and figuring out how to blend it all together, that you can build a roster in terms of your first team that can compete with LSU, Alabama, whomever. I think that's hard to
3: deny, too, right? Because here you go again, Hunter. I mean, two years ago they won ten games. Last year... They they didn't catch a bunch of breaks in the Alabama game, right? It was a, it felt like a pretty evenly played football game, and they had a throw to the end zone as time expired, and not like a hail mary. I mean, they were in the red zone and threw the ball to the end zone to win that game. I mean, they they sh- should have could have woulda only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, whatever expression you want to use. But they were competitive with Alabama a, a year ago. They were. I mean, they, should
4: they were in the game the whole way. We're in it.
3: And mm-hmm. I, I like that mentality makes sense. And I don't know how many people actually take exception to this. I told you about my friend earlier that didn't like that he mentioned straight up, Ole Miss is not Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, they're not. So I'm not going to try to be that. Is essentially what he said. And and my buddy was like, oh man, like I just so I wish he wouldn't say stuff like that. It, it's putting down his job and it's putting down Ole Miss. I said, no, it's not putting it down. It's telling the truth. And. That I
5: think you know what is, that is very made me think insightful,
4: of, Borky. You know what that made me think of. There's a line, and because I think you, we in the we talked earlier about it, and we're, somebody mentioned Moneyball. There's a line in there where he says, "If we try to play like the Yankees in here, we'll get beat by the Yankees out there." That's how yeah. Ole Miss and, and State have to think. They can't do the same things that Alabama does and expect to go out and beat Alabama. You can't out Alabama Alabama. It's just that, it's just that simple. You got to yeah. do something different.
3: I'd take the honesty over a coach saying, oh, we're going to do it the right way. You know, like,
0: yeah.
3: gassing okay. people
2: oh, God. So, 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 here you go. Here you go. There's a shot. We got we got a shot coming. Put put your headgear on. Incoming fire. These coaches sell parents on, especially in the South, come here. It's family. We're going to treat you like family. I'm like, no, they're not. If it was family, then why did coaches bring kids in and say, Hey, we want to help you transfer. It'd be better for you to transfer. You don't do that to family. So the whole family thing, I said, we have to teach some reality that there's a business side. And he goes on to say, that's not my job to make you happy. My job is to make the best roster for our fans, for athletic director, for our chancellor that hired me. Is that aimed? I mean, that's like Bullseye the Plains, right?
4: There's that, and there's, Mississippi State is a, a school that does a lot of family-related I mean, yeah, right. marketing. So yeah. there's some of the... I, and I'm I'm a guy, if a few people listen to my podcast, they know I'm like, I hate that. I hate... Because I, I agree with Lane. It's business. Players get cut all the time. As soon as a player transferred... I mean, Malik Heath, as soon as he transferred out. Can't stand that guy. I thought he was family. So... You know, yeah, Lane's right. This is a situation where he's 100 percent on the ball.
3: I, I do think, even though State does some family stuff, he's talking about Hugh Freeze. It's
4: more in Auburn. I, I agree.
3: Because because Hugh Freeze just
4: builds that up. <laughs> we and need the. It up. Uh,
2: but 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 in fairness, we, in we fairness.
4: need the predator meme, Borky. We need free or we need uh, Kiffin, Arnett
2: yeah. taking shots at Freeze. <laughs> in, in fairness. The Auburn family is not a Hugh Freeze thing. Now he has embraced it. He has right. wrapped his arms around it and said, "Oh, come to me. This back. is perfect." But th- but this is it's it, it's Carnell as an interim last come year. Come to me, my babies. It's Harson. Let me quell your pain. It's Chiswick before him. It what Chiswick well,
4: started it? Yeah.
2: I mean that that that's Auburn's brand, and they roll it out across mm-hmm. all. Come be a part of the Auburn family. Mm-hmm. Until you're not good enough, and we ship you out like we did that quarterback that everybody thought a lot of and ended up going to being a third stringer at Kentucky.
3: Yeah, ask uh, the legacy name? Bo Nix, uh, Joey Gatewood. Wow, Joey Gatewood, thank trem- you. Trem- but that kind of Tremendous stuff does play reference. well with fans. It, it really plays well with fans. And <laughs>
2: good call, Borky. Yeah. Bo Nix, noted Oregon <laughs> Duck lifelong fan, yeah. family,
4: lifelong Oregon, Oregon Duck family.
2: Uh, but Jeez.
3: there are people that want. That from their football coach, and I understand why. I mean, Auburn fans are eating up all of Hugh Freeze's crap. I mean, they love it because it it plays well to college football fans. If Lane Kiffin talked about family, like, and not, you know, he openly talks about his daughter going to school there next year, so I'm not revealing any private information. That's different. That's an actual like blood family. If Lane Kiffin talked about the football team as his family, Ole Miss fans would eat it up too. It, I like the be honesty, I? And, and I think some people are kind of having adjust to adjust to the idea that the, the coach is a mercenary.
2: I, he, Look, that's what I he mean, is, and that's all. He and so are the players. I, yes. Hey, one of one of Matt Luke's things, one of his sayings with his football team was, "You don't have to be blood to be family." I mean, that was that's something a lot of coaches try to sell in their program. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back after this.
5: we're gonna do right here is go
1: back and now back to back to the sports this is sports talk mississippi so let's get rolling on super talk Mississippi. mississippi
2: And Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at Supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. C Spark Text Line agree totally about the business side, but during the season, you need the family talk to bind your team.
4: Within the locker room, sure. You know, like we, we you know we have to play as a family. We have to play together. Sure. But like you the just marketing don't want to side, see
2: it it. On, you don't want to see it on Instagram right. graphics,
4: right? Right. I don't want to. I don't want to hear about the family atmosphere at these programs. They would. They would cut every last player if it meant winning a national title somehow.
5: Yeah.
3: <laughs> they would trade full rosters couldn't. for another if they could.
4: And said this all talking about fans. I always say this about fans that if MSU or Ole Miss could win a national title by disassociating you, they would.
2: I mean, there's no question about it, right? Uh it doesn't have to be nearly as severe as winning a national championship. Yeah, I mean just to win
4: just to win go to go to a, a top six bowl game. I they mean, would say you don't it, leave and never come back.
2: No, 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 no. It doesn't have to be nearly if if a school thinks that it could limit so much as one scholarship on a penalty from an NCAA by disassociating a fan or a booster. Yeah. Yeah. People do it. They have. Yeah. Have. People that didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And some that did. (laughs) Some that did. Hugh Freeze might not lose to Ole Miss the whole time he is at Auburn. You're right. Hunter, you are 100% right. But let me tell you another statement that is also 100% right. Hugh Freeze might not ever beat Ole Miss while he's at Auburn. See what I did there? I mean, oh, okay.
3: That game is going to be nasty. And and I'm, I'm telling you, the Mississippi State-Auburn game is going to be nasty, too. Those Hugh are breezes, both in Auburn this year, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before, but the, the amount of shots that have been taken prove what I have thought. Hugh Freeze has made, for some reason, Ole Miss especially, but as we'll get to maybe today, if not definitely tomorrow, um, people at Mississippi State are not real thrilled with how he's conducted himself so far as well. But Hugh Freeze has made the Ole Miss thing personal. Even though they tried their hardest to protect him... (sighs) They they tried so hard to save him and protect him. He didn't get out of his own way, and now he has
2: an axe to grind. If he has managed to convince himself that his lot in life is Ole Miss's fault. Yep. Yep. And for- Well the 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 mental gymnastics necessary to get to that point are I mean, it really is kind of impressive. Yeah. If we're being honest. But yes. Yes, Borky, you're right. One hundred percent. It's
4: like saying losing five out of six was good for the collective. It's the same level of spin.
2: I mean, hey Dad, you just thought Mississippi State fans didn't like Hugh Freeze when he was at Ole Miss. Yeah? What about what you, we, we think? Hey,
4: but Borky, let's play it. Let, let, let's play it. So so Zach. Hey, real quick though, real quick though, like with State and Auburn, you also have the Cohen thing. So there's a lot oh. of animosity. Oh, yeah. What's going on there, oh, I forgot about
2: that. <laughs> that yeah, is another layer. But I mean, it's the athletics yeah. director. Come on, it's not the, the the ad. All right, so you remember? It's the way he
4: badmouthed state on the way out, though, is people yeah, remember right.
2: that. All right, so you remember? So. Hugh Freeze had this groundbreaking idea last week when he suggested that for the spring game, instead of playing yourself. You should play somebody else. And he wanted to tie a charity. It, never mind that he said that every single year that he was at Ole Miss. It just, all of a sudden, it's a national story now that he's the head coach at Auburn. Everybody's talking about that. Zach Arnett was asked about his thoughts on perhaps playing another team in a spring game. And this is what he said. He said,
3: like, uh, I think you always like an opportunity to play someone else. And I think if it's for an opportunity, you know, I've, men- I've heard mention of, you know, where it's for charitable purposes, uh, that's good, too. I also wouldn't be shocked if uh, some of the coaches are talking about that. They also see it as a free evaluation of other people's rosters so that they maybe could then target in the transfer portal. So I'm not naming any particular names, but,
4: you know. What are your yeah, <laughs> Somebody right. chuckled. They knew exactly what
2: he was talking about. Hold on a second. Borky writes here on the rundown, Zach Arnett took a veiled shot at Auburn. And you heard Zach Arnett himself say, I'm not saying any names. But what did he just say before that? Some of the, the coaches, coaches who were talking, talking about, about this. Well, exactly. Tell me what other coaches are talking about it other than Hugh Freeze. Zach Garnett full-on said, I'm sure some of the other coaches who are talking about this would love the free opportunity to evaluate the other team's roster for transfer portal purposes. There's one coach talking about it. Hey, brother, I got news for you. He didn't just make that up out of thin air. That is a man who has had his roster tampered with by the coach he's talking about. He's not going to say any names, mm-hmm. though. That's the closest we've
3: come. So when other coaches have complained about tampering before, I've said, name names, or else I don't feel bad for you. Now, he's also not necessarily complaining. He's more pointing out. But that's the closest somebody's got to, or that I've seen that's anyway, pretty
2: close. saying over there. It was them. Ceasefire text line. Ole Miss tried to protect Hugh Freeze. Please explain how. Um, they handed him a stack of his fire phone records. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll. They handed him a stack of his own phone records, and they said delete any calls that are personal. If that ain't protecting, I don't know what
3: is. And through the NCAA, they were going to do, as I understand it, you can correct me if I'm wrong, they were going to do whatever it took to keep him on staff. They, yep. they, they no un, until the the that phone we're record going thing happened, to, they did. I, no, but I mean, it, through the the hearings and everything, like they, their goal, their end goal was to keep him.
4: Yeah. If and, they had fired him the day that that second letter, where they did the hostage video, if they had just fired him that day, nobody would have said anything. Just been like, yeah, he had to go. Look at all these violations. Nobody would have said anything. But they were yeah. going; they were going to ride the storm out with Hugh Freeze until he made it impossible for them to do so.
2: And somehow, like, like I don't know how to answer your question any more directly about what do you mean, Ole Miss protect try, Like I, I just told you, you had the chance. I can't be. I cannot be any more direct. Here, these are being investigated. You're allowed to delete anything that's personal. <laughs> I'm good. Okay. Here we are. Yeah. Um. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm, Super Talk TV. I, guys, I'd be, we've talked about the Zach Arnett. That was the first time I had actually heard it. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I could see from your reaction yeah. that you had not listened to that quote yet. Whoa.
3: And Whoa. as as we've learned, because no Mississippi State player transferred to Auburn or really anywhere else who has a coach that's talking about this, which is, uh, I mean, I guess, Troy. Uh, John Summerall's very pro playing those spring games. He wants to do it. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, hey, Dad. No state player transferred to Troy. No. And Zach Arnett, with all due respect to John Summerall, who did a great job in year one in Troy, who has a solid program, if a if state lost a player to Troy, they wouldn't be upset about
2: it. So Mississippi State had a player transfer to Ole Miss last year. Yeah, and you didn't get this. Who ended up yeah. leading Ole Miss in receiving, right, or second on the team, whatever the number was? And worst second, yeah, yeah. Look, when it's on the up and up, you can have your feelings hurt, but you're not mad about it. Mississippi State was mad about the two guys the year before. And they raised a stink about it, and Fabian Lovett and whoever the other guy was ended up going somewhere else. Jerry Who and was Jones. the other guy? Who?
4: Jerry and Jones. Jerrion Jones. Jones. Thank you. They both okay. ended up at Florida State. Okay. And, I mean, I'll so we'll just be honest. There was tampering involved there. State had the goods, and they made it where they couldn't transfer an Ole Miss. That's why Malik Heath couldn't enroll at Ole Miss until – what till after the summer, right, or whatever, or until the summer? He couldn't be there for spring because that was part of the the deal. I mean, just when they when you have the goods, you have the goods. Simple as that. State had some goods. That I happens. mean, sometimes it's but, again, more fun you're right. Though, but the, the, the actual transfer, right. the actual transfer of Heath wasn't an issue. Simple as that.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll wrap it up with you coming up next. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studio on this Tuesday afternoon.
1: Just sports talk Mississippi.
5: It doesn't get any better than this. What?
1: On Super Talk Mississippi.
5: Yeah, baby. man.
2: Thank you for all of your interaction on the CSpire text line today. Ton of stuff there. So it's, uh, it's been a fun show this afternoon. Thanks for being with us, for uh, checking in and uh, letting us know what is on your mind. We uh, we got a lot going on this week, boys. Let's so we'll make week? sure. Speaking that
4: of that, real quick, real yeah? quick, uh, we've had so much college football talk today. Tomorrow on the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed, my interview with Zach Arnett. I sat down with the MSU head coach earlier today, and uh, he busted my chops pretty good. Keeps me humble. It's a good interview, so check that out tomorrow.
2: Well, could we have that for this show also? How long uh, is Yeah,
4: sure. Like 12 and a half minutes, something like that. We, 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 so I'm like sure we can find a way.
2: Down, just, we're not going we to cut, cut out, out one the of the times chops. where he's
4: breaking. I'd say we, we cut out one of the times where he's just breaking my you-know-what, you know and uh, we'll get that in there, yeah.
2: Borky, that is decidedly the part that we will not cut out. We'll cut out the part where Heydad asked about the third-string left guard. I didn't tried to Tried to get him <laughs> to go in-depth on that. So, yeah.
5: yeah. Hey, also, <laughs> Sports
2: Talk Mississippi will be live at Divinity Equipment and Rental in Madison on Thursday for their Spring Dealer Days. Come enjoy uh, food from Country Meat Packers, giveaway, equipment demos, and so much more, plus instant coupons from Kubota. Sports Talk Mississippi Thursday at Vinny Equipment and Rental on Highway 51 in Madison. Been there a bunch through the years. That is a really, really cool store. Hey, Dad? Yeah. I will, uh,
4: I've been there one time.
2: We will endeavor to get you on something motorized and have you drive it around in the parking lot.
4: Sure. Make sure there's plenty of
2: space. Plenty of space I a, around.
4: I need a wide swath of land.
2: Yeah, so uh, we look forward to uh, to that coming up on Thursday. So a couple of days from now. Yeah. Um, man, this slate again. We talked about it earlier. For those of you that are uh, perhaps just joining us, gotten off work, on your way home, getting ready for Ole Miss baseball or Mississippi State baseball on the radio. What a great night of baseball in the Southeast. So you've got Mississippi State at UAB. Are they playing at the uh, at UAB's campus stadium, or are they at Regents Park in downtown Birmingham? Oh please, okay. I'll let you uh, let you check on that. <laughs> the Thank fact you.
4: that it's on ESPN Plus makes me think that it's uh, it's at, at the the Regions Park.
2: I was going to guess it was on UAB's campus. Uh, you got Florida, Florida State, sold out Condren Family Ballpark, I believe it is, on the campus of the University of Florida. Um, so that'll be a great atmosphere. You got Georgia at Clemson tonight at Doug Kingsmore Park. Good spot for uh, for college baseball there. You've got Auburn and Georgia Tech. That's on the ACC network. All I know is, I mean, you got one coach that tough as tough as nails playing a team that's soft as charmin. We'll see how it turns out. They're gonna keep score, but um,
4: (laughs) it's at it's at UAB's uh, stadium.
2: Okay, there you go.
3: Really, because it looks like the capacity is like 75.
4: Well, that's, that's where it is. Well,
2: surely they'll sell it out, then. I think it'd be. I think so. <laughs> if capacity is 75 and you got an SEC team coming to town, I would think that it would be a sellout. Yeah. And, I mean, scalpers ought to have a field day with that. It's a tough ticket. I would think that Mississippi State would have a bunch of fans there. You would think, you, yeah, easily. In Birmingham? Sure.
4: Yeah, yeah.
3: Absolutely. Looks like there might be some room down the lines for uh, people to stand and watch.
2: Okay, so uh, cool night, cool night of uh, baseball all around the uh, the southeast, uh, and playing basketball, buddy. Woo! Playing play-in the play-in tournament. Oh, play in. Play-in play in basketball. Yeah. Thought you were like, oh, yeah, they're playing basketball. Yeah, yeah, the the Lakers need to beat the Wolves, so uh, so the, Pels and the make Wolves. the playoffs. And the Wolves are without two of their, their dudes. One of them punched right. the wall, and uh, the other one, uh, they
3: suspended. You know, it's hilarious, if you want to call it that. Some people may not agree. What, how the Lakers back their way in the playoff? How, how, so I guess today, or yesterday, the uh, presidential declaration of the COVID emergency officially ended, I think yesterday, and... It began when Rudy Gobert touched something he shouldn't have, and it ended when Rudy Gobert touched something that he shouldn't have.
2: All bad things go through Rudy Gobert. He'll be here all night, ladies and gentlemen. Be sure to uh, tip your it's waiters and It's full circle.
3: I mean, we, we were humming here in the States until Rudy touched those microphones and then test, tested positive. Rudy punches a teammate, and the emergency ends. Maybe we need to get Rudy to punch more people.
5: Hmm.
2: Should have done that sooner. Apparently so. So no bear and no guy that uh, punched the wall the other night, and uh, the Lakers are an 8.5-point favorite against the T-Wolves. And I like the Lakers minus the 8.5. I think that's going to be a bloodbath. I mean, you think? Although Anthony Edwards is feel a like stud. You're,
4: you're reverse jinxing. I, I see what you're doing.
2: You're doing. Oh, I, I mean, if, if your Lake show loses to uh, that team, yeah they, yeah, they shouldn't. They should not. I promise I will laugh at you tomorrow. I, I, but in the I'm meantime, looking forward to it. But in the meantime, I wish you well. Hope for uh, golden dreams for your Lakers tonight. Thanks for being with oh. us. Enjoy your college baseball on this Tuesday night. For Michael Borkey and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Good night.